Hello everyone, this is Felipe, the Brazilian dragon himself, and let me just explain what we're doing here. So this is a re-upload of the first ever podcast I did with Will and Navi for What You Doing. On this feed, I am going to re-upload the What You Doing episodes here, in addition to all the other content that we're going to have. So it will have a home here, plus a home on the main What You Doing feed. Likewise, every show that we have here will have its own feed and will also be in this feed. So just wanted to state that. If you're just finding what this is now, we do a Phineas and Fur podcast, and this is the introduction. And every couple days, I'll upload a new episode or a re-released episode in this feed. So with that, enjoy our first ever episode on Roller Coaster, and welcome to Team Corndog, which you'll understand eventually. Hello, everybody, and welcome to What You Doing, a Phineas and Ferb rewatch podcast. It is me, Agent F, aka Felipe, and I'm here with my lovely crew, the Ferb to my Phineas. We have Will, aka Davis, comma Will. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing great. I'm ready, ready to to take over the the tri-state area with this podcast here, the the podcastinator. Yes, um, the podcastinator. Very exactly. excited. And someone whose appearance was very unexpected, and by that I mean completely expected, it's Navi. <laughs> Hello, thanks for having me on. I'm happy to talk about Phineas and Ferb, and I'm just excited to get right into it. Yeah, I am super looking forward to this. Uh, this honestly started as a joke, but then as the months kept going by, I was like, no, this needs to be a reality. And I got two great people on my side uh we won't we i know what we're gonna do today and it's gonna be we're gonna be podcasting so first off who are you people introduce yourselves uh you can go ahead navi if you want oh, okay so hi i'm navi um uh, i guess uh, how i got into the show would be a good way to sort of introduce myself so to speak um so i was uh pretty much on the bandwagon from season one i wouldn't say i was like a day one watcher but um it was always just playing on family channel which is canada's equivalent of disney channel and i just always enjoyed the show it was different from the other animated kid shows that were on there and that like i found that the humor was very quick and witty and that it just uh the jokes would land and they would just completely uh no no not pause on the jokes at all and just keep going there was no room to breathe and I really appreciated it. I think it lends really well to a rewatch. So that's why I'm excited to uh, take part in this podcast. I don't know if that was good enough, but well. That was fantastic. That was great. It's great. I love getting to know more about my friends because like, I would say that we're friends, but we don't know much about each other yet. And I feel like this is part of the excitement of the podcast, getting to know my friends better. Yeah, I yes. mean, most of our interactions have been me yelling at the both of you in uh, these <laughs> games that we play, so. Yes, in Among Us, in Wheel Jam. Um, sometimes Navi has her wine, sometimes she doesn't, but she's always yelling at us. Yes. <laughs> always be yelling. 
Yeah. Um, do you want to go next or should I go, Will? Uh, or... Sure, sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm Will Davis, Davis comma Will, as, as my uh, social media would suggest. Uh, I, I do math for a living, but like as a student, um, I, I sometimes write funny songs about Survivor. Um, and yeah, so I, I also, I, I think I was like a day one watcher of this show. It was, it was popular. I was right around the age to be watching Disney Channel when it was on. Uh, and I, I think I, I started from the beginning. It was one of those, uh, like Navi said, that, that it felt like a very smart kids show. That, that it's, it's definitely a show made for kids, but, but it, it, it feels like, like very smart. And there's a lot of like subtle jokes in there that I definitely didn't get at the time um, that I, that I really enjoy. I don't know that I finished the series whenever it was on TV. Uh, I don't know if I was able to keep up through, through all four seasons of it while I was, while it was on TV. So I'm very excited to, to hopefully see new things on, on in the show. Um, I definitely did did get back into the show. I, I started a rewatch of this uh, a few months ago, and then sort of sort of paused the rewatch whenever we decided to do this podcast, um, all because of TikTok. Uh, uh, the, one of the creators of the show, Dan Pavenmeyer, he he's got a, a pretty decent following on TikTok, and he's he's a, a very fun follow. He he one of the creators of the show, also the voice of Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Uh, he, he's really, really got me into wanting to watch the show again, just hearing him talk about the show. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely been a resurgence with it being on Disney plus now, and then TikTok bringing back a lot of nostalgia baked, um, properties from our youths. Uh, so my mm -hmm. backstory is I was more of a Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network kid compared to Disney channel. And it wasn't until I went to Disney world and at the hotel, they were playing Disney Channel during breakfast. And I remember there was Phineas and Ferb and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. And then that was kind of my entry point. And then when I got home, I was like obsessed with the Disney Channel afterwards. Um, not to say that I was uncultured. I definitely grew up on the High School Musical. And that was a few years prior and Camp Rock and all that jazz. But Phineas and Ferb was really like the entry point to the television realm of Disney Channel. Um, and I just think the show is really smart and really quirky in a way that a lot of kids shows um aren't like i feel like it's easy to rewatch as an adult and the adults around you enjoy it as compared to like other shows that might be they'll watch it but they're not as invested when their kids are watching as like phineas and ferb i feel like my mom loves perry the platypus um and, and who, who doesn't agent <laughs> p is a rock star um but so yeah, and then with Disney Plus, I watched a few of the, they had a movie this summer that I watched. Um, and the Disney Plus era has really just reinvigorated a love that I did not remember having as a child for Buford. So I'm excited to get to know my man Buford better on this rewatch. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my backstory with Phineas and Ferb. Also the songs, the songs slap. Yes. They're hard. so good. There's so many of them. I like, I, like, I, I see so many again tiktok videos of people who are like ranking all of the best phineas and ferb songs and even these videos like don't even like they leave out so many of them 
because there's just too many to to talk about in a one minute video that it's something i definitely want to keep track of is, is all the best i agree 100 percent. every time i see an escalator i just think of the cows going up the escalator song <laughs> the, in the mall and that's the one that like even when i wasn't watching Finney's affair when those like periods that it was either not accessible or I had phased out like that song has always stuck with me. And then obviously there's so many, and I don't want to start singing them all and get taken down for copyright, but um, I just love the show. And like, Will, I actually have never seen the ending. So I've seen the ending clip. Cause we definitely talked mm-hmm. about this one time. Uh, like the last scene in Phineas and Fur, we, we had talked about that in college one time, my friends and I, but we, I've never seen how it ends. So I'm interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get into this. Yes. So, so Disney, Disney Plus breaks these up. It, it, it's, it's a little weird. Like if you look at like a list of um, all of the episodes on, on like a Wikipedia or something that like that versus uh, looking at it on Disney Plus. So if, if you're following along with us on the rewatch, I think we're going to mostly stick with, with how the Disney Plus has it set up. So, so we watched technically two episodes today yeah but really it's packaged in one half hour and i believe uh the production for these episodes were back to back even though the air dates were very separated like so mm-hmm. roller coaster was in august 2007 and then candace losing her head first aired in february of 2008 but i think they were the first two produced um yeah, you can I even did. see it with phineas's voice i feel like that's like Mm, changes over the course of the series and you can like hear it those two are very distinct in that episode Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah i I remember there being some some issue over the summer where i think originally the episodes were ordered by air date and and the people who made the show wanted them to reorder it by like production code and i think that i think they're in the right order now for what the the creators intended it to be Okay, that's good that we're following the creator's vision. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the first one we're going to talk about is Roller Coaster, which I feel like everyone knows is the first episode of Phineas and Ferb, regardless of the production order stuff. That one, because they reference it multiple times mm-hmm. throughout the series. I think they do really? a musical episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, really an iconic episode. It's, it's, it's like this, this is the one where like you say Phineas and Ferb, like this is sort of the first episode I think of is like sort of like the canonical Phineas and Ferb episode. Yeah, yeah. and it does a really good job of setting up what the gags are, uh, what the formula is for the show. And I, I know a lot of pilots tend to be kind of shaky. I think it does a pretty good job of setting up what you can expect from the show. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Um, so just a quick summary for those who didn't watch Phineas and Ferb. They have a whole summer and they acknowledge that in the opening and Phineas is like, let's make a roller coaster. So they decide to make a roller coaster. Meanwhile, Doofenshmirtz has put the town in tinfoil to try to magnetize it to reverse the polarity. I don't understand what the purpose was. Like it wasn't very clear to me, but I didn't take very detailed notes on that. And then uh, Candace is in charge and she shows, she tries to get, her mom to see the roller coaster and the poster, but things keep disappearing. And a very important part of this podcast is going to be discussing the gaslighting that happens with Candace throughout the series. Yeah, we, we definitely have to keep up with the, the Candace gaslight watch, which is really like, like one of the most like 
you in the same way where where like you watch spongebob and you get older and you can kind of understand where squidward's coming from mm-hmm. that he has these annoying neighbors it's it's definitely a, a a similar thing with candace that like she is very obviously being gaslit uh just by the general circumstances and and you really feel bad for the the keeping track of like the ways in which she is very much ripe but but things like change while she's not looking or so it's, it's like uh, uh you, you definitely feel for her in in those moments yeah it's pretty bad i hope phineas and ferber uh couching her uh therapy bill there so yeah, oh yeah <laughs> yeah they especially with all the gadgets they can create they could probably get some good money for candace's therapy mm-hmm um but yeah do what do we want to talk about with this episode do we want to start like by talking about the cast that they have or do we want to just talk about the episode first and then touch on the cast later because this is some big names that they have for the cast yeah we can we can get into the cast before before we get into the episode for sure i think i think definitely like right off the top it's got to be got to be ashley tisdale yeah miss sharpay evans biggest name in the group and Maddie Fitzpatrick from uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Yes. Uh, we love Ashley Tisdale. Now she's on the Mass Dancer, I want to say. She's yeah. on one of the Mass yeah. properties. She's, she's, a, she's a judge on the Mass Dancer, I think. Yeah. yeah, but obviously, A plus casting there. She's the voice of Candace. Um, other Disney Channel stars include Allison Stoner and Mitchell Musso as uh, Isabella and Jeremy uh and was allison stone on this first episode it didn't sound like quintessential isabella but might have yeah, all like all of them sounded younger than they usually do so it was hard it was hard to tell for me if that actually was allison stoner i think it was but i'm yeah. i'm i'm not 100 percent sure i think yeah, it was I too but i wouldn't oh. be surprised if like in uh engineering they put a bunch of filters on them to make them sound younger true mm-hmm. true true um we got Vincent Martella and Thomas Sangster. I never knew the name of Ferb. So, so <laughs> Thomas Thomas Brody Sangster, who plays Ferb, which one credits to this dude because he has. Oh like, my god! He has like one line per episode and still probably gets paid the same. Uh, but he's he's the boy in love. Actually, I was gonna. Uh, I just looked at his face on Wikipedia. And, I was like, oh my god, is, I know you. He is uh, most recently. He was in the Queen's Gambit. Uh, and he right. was really great in the Queen's Gambit. He's the he guy was, with the hat. He was also Jojen in Game of Thrones. And he had a cameo in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Wow, this this man's getting paid. Yeah. That's another another great thing about, about Ferb's character. It's like the first thing that, that Phineas ever says about Ferb is that he's he's a man of action. He doesn't he doesn't like to say anything. I think he he says this whenever Ferb like hits himself with a hammer, I think, or something like that. Um, but 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 it's it's this is a show that sort of thrives on running gags, whether whether it's you know the same sort of plot outline for every episode or or um, certain like quirks in people's speech. But one of those one of those running gags is that Ferb has at most like two lines in an episode yeah but he always has like one of the zingers i feel like of every episode. A good line like, yeah he, he gets mm-hmm. good lines um 
have you just going back to love actually have you seen those like memes that are like prince harry and Meghan markle were the kids in love actually so i'm afraid to say this publicly i haven't actually seen the movie Oh. Me neither. Okay, well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Listeners, if is you've seen the, the movie, where, is that the one where they at the end where the guy shows up with like his thing and is like trying to woo back his lover who is like with another dude? Is that it, or is that something else? I don't know if that's specific enough for me to t- answer the question. <laughs> I, I think it. I think that's one of the few things I know about Love. Actually, he's yeah. got like the like the poster board with with yeah. words written. Yeah. Back in the day, everyone thought it was super sweet, and now people are like, "Ah, oh, he's like a homewrecker. She's like ruining her relationship with her boyfriend." Yeah. Like- How I describe Love actually is like the first of those movies that have multiple storylines that all come together at the end. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it's that, very much it's an ensemble those, piece. Like the, very the much Valentine's Day, New yeah. Year's Eve kind of movies. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so who is this? What's Vincent Martella been in besides Phineas and Ferb? Um, well, what I know him from is he voices one of the main characters in the video game Final Fantasy 13. He plays Hope Estime. That's the only hmm. place I know him from. Um, but maybe both of you know him from like television or movies or something like that. Um, uh, Go ahead. Pretty much Phineas and Ferb is what I know. It looks like he was he was a a character in Everybody Hates Chris, like the like Chris's friend maybe. Yeah, um, he was also that, in some Batman stuff. Um, looks like a lot a lot of voice work and then that TV show and an appearance in The Walking Dead as Patrick. There you go. There you go. But mostly Phineas and Ferb and Final Fantasy credits on here. Um, but yeah, so at least he's making some coins. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like we can't go any further without talking about D. Bradley Baker, uh, who voices the legendary Parrot the Platypus. And I know he's voiced so many other cartoon animals, whether it be Appa from Avatar or momo from avatar or let me <laughs> i know he he does all of these definitely uh, he's definitely one of like the big icons in the voice acting world for sure yeah uh he a lot of fairly odd parent stuff uh invader zim Koenig, he, he and he doesn't just do animals he does he does humans and other talking creatures but i feel like his bread and butter is the animals mm-hmm. he's he's good at just like making random sounds like I, I don't know I don't know how people do this this Perry the platypus noise. I I wish I could. I've 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 uh, seen people who are able to like do the <laughs> the the noise, but but I'm not one of those people. And I wish I were one of those people. Same. Um and then just like some random sporadic casting throughout, like we get Richard O'Brien from the Rocky Horror Show, like the creator. He is uh Lawrence Fletcher. Uh, Caroline Ray as Linda Flynn Fletcher. That's a that's a tongue twister. Um, but and we don't meet them in this episode. But Buford is played by Bobby Gaylor, and Baljeet is played by Malik Pancholi. Uh, oh, Jack McBrayer's in this. Yeah, I did not remember. Oh, the fan side creator. Okay, yeah. So just lots of lots of people. Uh, and Madison Pettis is addison sweetener so lots of disney channel stars plus random appearances Mm -hmm. but yeah so 
do you want to talk about the roller coaster episode? Yeah, let's get into the roller coaster. Okay. Yeah. So we so we we definitely start with uh, so the two boys are like under under the tree in their backyard, uh, and they're like, uh, you know, I'm I'm very bored. Uh, and then then Phineas Phineas starts off right away saying something that like kind of clues you in to the fact that this is going to be a smart show. He says like. Um, boredom is something up with which I will not put. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like very like verbose way of phrasing this, just saying like I don't want to be bored. That like you know right away these are supposed to be smart kids. Yeah. Um, um this is gonna be like a common theme for this first episode, just the roller coaster part. I feel like Phineas was a tin. That's not a word. A smidge unlikable compared to like oh, his later incarnations. A little bit. Um, yeah it's definitely like like um yeah i i remember like like later later episodes it feeling like it wasn't necessarily phineas and ferb's fault that that candace was being gaslit so much um but this this there was more like circumstance usually is is what what gets candace but but this time it felt like they had a more like active role in in that. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but this is they decide to build a roller coaster, and there was even the commentary of like, how are we supposed to have? Oh no, that might be at the end of the episode. But it was like, how are we supposed to distract ourselves all summer? And then that's kind of like the mm, premise of the yeah. show. Uh, Navi, what did you think when they were like, let's build a roller coaster? Well, I, I understand the appeal of roller coasters for some people. I am personally not one of those people who enjoys, uh, well, amusement rides in general. I don't think I've ever actually been on a roller coaster. Um, mm. I'm more of a walking around Epcot kind of gal. Mm. So See, I'm, uh, I'm both. I like a good roller coaster. Would, but... you, would you like the roller coaster that they, they <laughs> show them at the, at the state fair? And it's like they go on this roller coaster. It's like one bump, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that was super lame." Uh, maybe, but I think even that's a bit too extreme for me. So I think I'll <laughs> the bar that. hopping at Epcot, doing the drinks of the world. I feel like that's Navi's yes, jam. Yes, uh, that is my bread and butter. That is my jam. I don't have to go on scary rides. I just eat food and cry. That's the best way to go about these things. Relatable. That's Speaking of. Me. Epcot, though, before we transition, did you ever do the Perry the Platypus game that they have at Epcot where you, like, rent a cell phone or something? And then each country, you have a different mission. And then when you're done with your, they have, like, little hidden areas where they tell you to put the phone so no one sees you. But then they also have, like, little animatronic, like, in the Paris one, there's, like, the Eiffel Tower. And if you click on a button, they'll be, like, look up and then you see Perry shoot down. I think, yeah, I so think I'm, I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Will. Oh, no, I was about to say, I am aware that Epcot has done Phineas and Ferb uh, attractions, I guess, uh, but I haven't been to Epcot. Uh, I live in the middle of nowhere, so I'd probably go to, like, I don't know, a dinky version of Epcot <laughs> around me somewhere, but that's my uh, extent of my experience with Epcot. Will, go ahead. No, I was, one of these days, we'll have to we'll have to take the podcast to Epcot once, once yes. we're allowed to safely. Um, but, oh yeah, you 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 brought up this memory in me that I forgot that I had, uh, that I I think I definitely did play this game at Epcot, but I totally forgot it was a thing. Yeah, I remember like going around and like scanning different things, and 
oh man that was it was so much fun yeah and then doofenshmirtz appears in every country and yeah. has something related to each country um and he talks about china in the next episode that we'll talk about too like he but let, just wanted to throw that in there while we were talking about epcot and yeah. phineas and ferb but um so where were we in the episode so so we got our first i know what we're gonna do today they decide to build a roller coaster and this is this is where um their mom linda she she's she needs to go to the grocery store um and so she's she's not going to be able to watch phineas and ferb and, and candace really wants to be in charge um and this is this is one of my one of my favorite running bits is whenever they the, she tells candace that she's in charge conditionally mm-hmm. and, and she keeps bringing up over and over again that she's conditionally in charge uh, she says something like if if a satellite falls to the ground sure you're in charge and and candace takes that to mean i'm in charge conditionally and she kind of like like it comes across like she's kind of whispering on off to the side like like she definitely thinks the important part is i'm in charge and then yeah. like in parentheses in the little fine print conditionally um, yeah the conditional statement is one of my favorite parts of this episode that she'll always have to be like well in case of a meteor then you're in charge yeah. but poor candace she like if she just looked out the window while she was on her phone call with stacy she yeah could have had I, I, I tried to i tried to keep notes of this of like all of the stuff they walked by her with that she she was on the phone and and you know they they walk by with like wheelbarrows full of wood and then wheelbarrows full of, full of metal and then something that looked like plumbing maybe yeah and then a, and lion. Then a lion in a cage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the lion growls and then Candace is like well you keep it down on there I am on the phone and I remember that from like <laughs> childhood either whether the commercials I feel like they played that clip a lot um, so. Yeah, so, and then Candace runs off to the grocery store. Is this when that happens? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if we see her run off here. I, don't, I didn't write down when that happens. I know at some point, Candace meets uh, their mom at the grocery store to try and convince her to come home. This, is, yeah. this moment is where we get our first uh, instance of the line that is the namesake of this podcast. We get, we get Isabella Garcia Shapiro showing up and asking Phineas, what you doing? And I didn't, I didn't realize at the time um, that she actually has like hearts in her eyes whenever she's saying this the first time. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. I didn't even know that it was an episode one thing that she started saying that, but no, they had her, her gag ready every episode. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I knew it was like, like a recurring storyline that you could kind of tell that Isabella had a crush on Phineas. I didn't know it was, was this overt about it right off the bat. Yeah. Navi, what uh, did you remember Isabella having the crush on Phineas as early as episode one and having that, that line from episode one? Yeah, I did end up remembering. I think her crush on Phineas has been always been sort of a core part of her character and her role in the show. Uh, I, I think it's really cute. Um, I think later on, though, we'll kind of see her branching out from beyond that sort of thing. Like right now, she does not pass the Bechdel test. Uh, yeah. But oh, uh, I am I am excited to talk about her. I do think she's a really adorable character. Um, her voice is really sweet. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. her voice acting is really well done by Allison Soner, as you've mentioned before. So um, I'm glad that we're finally talking about Isabella here. 
Yeah, and Isabella, what I remembered from Isabella is that she's kind of a badass with her fire squad, mm. um, fire safety squad. They are always like, whenever there's a fight sort of action scene, they're the ones doing it while the guys are building their roller coaster or like when they're distracting Candace in the second episode, it's them doing it. It's not Phineas and Ferb. So I just remember yeah. her being like really on top of that. Definitely like the the more they show her is like, the leader of the fireside girls is like the the better her character gets that it's it's a very fun character to watch mm -hmm. i will say one thing before we move on is before candace like rides on her bike to go to uh the grocery store to tell her mom about what phineas and ferb are doing she's telling them you are going down 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 d-o-w-n down i've always used that line <laughs> in any sort of confrontation that i'm i'm not in confrontations often because i'm usually just in among us yes in among us i will say that to everyone <laughs> uh but yes i remember i would say that to my own younger brother as well so it was a very re relatable quote and i'm glad that it's still relevant to me all these years later just wanted yeah. to point that out this show has some great quotes besides the songs they have some memorable quotes as well not just like the the recurring ones but there'll be some that i'll be like oh my god i remember this um should we transition to the doofenshmirtz and perry yeah, plot this, this, is, yeah. this is where we first start seeing that that perry this this household pet is not just a pet but is actually also a secret agent and we get the the first instance of him him meeting up with with doofenshmirtz's plans Yes, and Doofenshmirtz, one of my all-time favorite characters. Um, I love so many characters on the show, but Doofenshmirtz and his backstories and his campiness has always stuck with me mm -hmm. over the years as something that I remember fondly. And I, I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that he, the oh Perry the platypus, you've come, and I. This is very unexpected. Just kidding. It's very expected. I didn't remember that part of every episode. But I feel like now I remember everything, and it's yeah, just so I, much fun. I have uh, later we'll we'll get into our rankings of things. But in in my uh, ranking spreadsheet, I have a separate tab that I have labeled uh, "and by I mean." Uh, so so he in in this first episode he says, "Ah, Perry the platypus, your your presence is uh, complete uh, un unexpected," and by unexpected I mean, I mean completely, completely expected. expected. Then he hits the um, arms button and locks Perry in. Yeah. Um, and as he's going on with his evil plot, so he wrapped the tinfoil, the town in tinfoil to reverse the polarity. I had to be upset because his machine is not called an innator. Yeah. yeah. I was it's upset. Called the, it's called the magnetism magnifier is what he calls it. <laughs> I was heartbroken. <laughs> like, yeah, of, of all the other things they were, they, they, started with the running bits like right away that i i think it i guess it took them a couple episodes before they realized hey it'd be funny if everything is an innator yeah um but in the next one he does have an innator but it's so it's like the drillinator and yeah the drillinator it's not super well it's like a start but we still have ways to go until we get right. to Mm -hmm. but can someone explain to me what he was trying to do exactly why was he trying to magnetize the town yeah this this was the thing that uh it doesn't make sense to me because i i feel like i remember as a kid that that 
most of the thing like so it's always Perry the Platypus fighting with Dr. Doofenshmirtz and and I thought that usually it's it's Perry the Platypus who's like foiling Dr. Doofenshmirtz's plan no no pun intended um but uh in this in both of these episodes Perry like didn't even do anything to stop him he he was the one who just like saved him from his own dumb plan going bad uh, so he said what his plan was that that he somehow covered the entire eastern seaboard in tinfoil and he was gonna gonna use this big magnet to to pull the eastern seaboard west and that was gonna make the earth rotate backwards um and i don't know how he thought that was gonna work <laughs> <laughs> clearly very well thought out from duke and Schwartz, i will say yeah um one thing I did want to touch on before we continue on is back when Perry was getting the mission details from, I believe, Major Major is the character's name. Yes. Major Monogram, yeah. Major, Major Monogram, Monogram, yes. Yeah. Um, Who has yes, a mustache so. almost as cool as Will's. Oh, yes. I'm trying. <laughs> is he your inspiration in uh, facial grooming? Uh, him, him or Waluigi. <laughs> as long as it's not Wario. Me and that, me and that clown have some beef from the Post Show Recaps Discord. Yeah, me yeah. and Warrior are gonna. Thinking. He's gonna take all of our podcast coin. Never. Yeah, that. I. Uh, the reason why I brought up the major monogram thing is that uh, when he was showing the picture of Doofenshmirtz, instead of something sort of menacing, it's just him like posing, like with his hands folded <laughs> under his chin, as if it's like his like dating profile picture. And it got me wondering what dating app would Doofenshmirtz use? Because he is single throughout the course of this show. Is he a hinge yes. guy? Is he on Bumble? Mm. Is he Tinder? Maybe Grinder. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> do they do they have like a like a dating app for supervillains? Like a like a villainsonly.com or or something like this. And how did the Kristen Wiggs character and Gru from Despicable Me, how did they meet? That's Ooh, like some villains know. uh shenanigans. Huh. He would probably design his own dating app. Feel- yeah, yeah, it's, it's, be one it's of his the dating appinator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and then he would delete. He would get thwarted because uh, they would want to date his brother, not him. Mm, his, his his brother, the mayor. Yeah. 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 Um, we will get into uh, Doofenshmirtz's uh, like tragic anime backstory as we go along with the series, yes. which, by the way, is like I am so excited about. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I found it to be utterly hilarious. Um, if, that if, picture. If we can get a hundred Twitter followers on our Whatcha Doing <laughs> podcast Twitter, <laughs> I will make a Tinder account for Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Ooh. <laughs> and you use that exact picture. Yes. This, yes. It, I didn't even I didn't even realize that bit watching the episode. I'll have to go back and see because I know it, he went on a of this is very funny. I remember him going on a date with Linda in a flashback. But mm-hmm. I don't remember and he he obviously is a parent. He is father of Vanessa, a queen. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't think we ever meet Vanessa's mother or well, no, yeah, yeah. No, we I, meet her. We, oh we yeah, because she, she Vanessa she's wants to friends bust with Linda. Doofenshmirtz. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Charlene, voiced by uh, Oscar winner Allison Janney, I believe. Oh wow! wow. There you go. Yeah. Can you with the the connects? But Allison yeah, Janney no, from this, Mom. Allison Janney from 
uh, the episode of Lost with the with the, <laughs> the episode uh, of Lost with Alice and Janney. Yeah. <laughs> um, the West Wing. Also, what else is she in? I Tanya. Oh yes, yeah. Mom, classic mom. Um, but yes, yeah, so where were we? We he wants to get. We got. The, oh, also missing from this episode, Carl. Yes. Uh, yeah, we we don't we don't get Carl yet. We don't get Belgi, and we don't get Buford yet. Uh, which, They're coming which, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's fair. You can't give us everyone in episode one. You got to introduce some characters later on. But uh, those are definitely definitely some people we want to watch out for. Who are definitely fun to watch. Yeah. Um. So this is the point. No, I, I I didn't write down beats for this episode because I like I said I got lost in the uh yeah, the episode. So right after this, this at the market, the supermarket. Um yeah, I don't remember which happens first, either either the supermarket or um somewhere in here we, we get the beat where we, we get our first uh aren't you a little young yes. beat where where they're in, in one of the parts store. They're they're like trying to rent some some heavy machinery. Um, and the guy's like, aren't, aren't you a little young to be, to be building a roller coaster? And he says, yes, yes, I am. And this, this yes, yes, I am line is definitely one of those, one of those lines that comes up a lot. And we even, this, sorry, got a, we even got a tease at the supermarket when Linda was like, aren't they a little young to be building a roller coaster? And then yeah. smash cut to, um, Phineas and the, the engineer guy. Something, something I, I only noticed because i follow him on tiktok is is that this the voice of this engineer guy is dan povenmire in in his his regular voice does he do it for um, every episode I, I don't think he does it for everyone but he definitely did this one okay um which makes sense you you have the the creator of the show do the first one you don't you don't want to pay a voice actor for in, an unproven show yet is he the voice of doofenshmirtz or is that yes. swampy yeah yeah dan povenmire is the voice of doofenshmirtz swampy does um i think like the drummer from love handle okay i think <laughs> oh uh, swampy also does major monogram yeah um, yeah that's probably his his bigger role for sure my beef with this scene is so so the, you know, he says, "Aren't you a little young to build a roller coaster?" He says, "Yes, yes, I am." Here's the permits, and and he says, "I've never seen permits filled out in crayon before." And I'm like, I, I get the deal that these are kids. However, if they're if they're smart enough that they can like build an entire roller coaster and it's got like fake snakes and a corkscrew that goes over the highway, don't they have a pen somewhere? Yeah. I feel like so. How old are they supposed to be? Nine. Um, I know they're they're. So I, I looked this up on the Phineas and Ferb wiki, and it said probably somewhere between nine and twelve, but definitely less than fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Because because this this uh, second part of the episode will get into Candace's birthday, but it's Candace's fifteenth birthday. They're okay. definitely younger than Candace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking. I feel like unless you were using them for like a project or something, I f feel a pen they could use a pen or at least the colored pencil. I feel like a crayon is more like five to seven. And then the colored pencil is the next evolution of artistry, but don't test me with a good time. Cause I love a good crayon Crayola yeah. moment. 
I will say it's not that they filled out the permits with the crayon. They basically wrote their own permits with the yeah. crayon. <laughs> I think if you like go back and look at it, they just made their own permits and they're like, okay, yeah. I guess this will work. Yeah. So yeah. It, I think it says like building permit in big crayon or something like that. With the backwards L. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the little touches. Um, but yeah, so I, I love that gag. Like so many gags throughout the show uh that we can keep track of but now i think i think now is when we get into our our first instance of the of the candace gaslight watch absolutely when when candace shows up to to tell her mom about about the roller coaster so phineas and ferb stack they have posters i don't think it's even them it might be just be like they're their friends that go put the poster up yeah and- so uh like the kids who see the poster they they take the poster thinking that oh we'll get a discount if we present them the poster and i'm like i wouldn't give you a discount if you took the poster <laughs> off because you're taking less eyes off it less people yeah. are gonna know if you take the poster off and they can't see it also another grievance i kind of had was why didn't Candace take the poster off to show her mom? <laughs> okay, this gets into one of my points that I have for all episodes, but specifically the next one. Why didn't Candace just take a photo? Literally, all her problems solved is she takes some photographs. I th- is does that happen in a later episode where she like tries to take a photo, but like her fingers over the lens or something like that? Maybe, but like. It definitely it definitely could solve a lot of problems. That is for sure. <laughs> it's just and I know smartphones probably weren't a thing, but Candace has a cell phone and it has a camera. Uh but this, this is where like uh, it's it's not only the the circumstances that 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 get Candace, but you can tell like she's definitely done this before and Linda's kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. I think someone mentions earlier in the episode about like Phineas and Ferb had some like juggling monkeys or something like that uh and and Candace was trying to stop them and and of course couldn't do it in time um but this this is where so so Candace comes over she says see mom I'm not crazy and she points at the post on the wall where the where the poster used to be and it's Mm -hmm. not there anymore and she screams at it and, and Linda's like you're right a crazy person wouldn't scream at the at the wall like that I'll I'll be over in the dairy section if you want to yell at some cheese. Yeah, I will say Linda has some great lines. I forgot yeah. how snarky she was. I legitimately laughed out loud, even though we shouldn't be laughing at Candace in that moment. But but also the animators did a great job capturing like Candace's shock. She's like, mm-hmm. she was very shook when the poster was not there, and she was just staring at the wall absent-minded and linda was like i'll be in the dairy section if you want to scream at some cheese and i <laughs> lost it it's such a savage line but but one where we're like you have to even feel for candace even more it's like she's not wrong here and, and not only are people not believing her they're making fun of her for it too yeah um so i think now is now is when when we start to get our our love actually two storylines intertwining together where where the doofenshmirtz's plan has not worked the ball of foil is is coming at the the top floor of doofenshmirtz evil incorporated and and you know in a very like i i in my notes i wrote this as a as a helicopter ex machina 
where there's just some helicopter shows up and Perry decides to like attach the magnet to the to the helicopter and fly away. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about the fact that Perry saw a loose screw, kicked it at Doofenshmirtz, and he's like, ah, oh, you missed. And then it bounces up and like lands on Doofenshmirtz's foot. And then he stumbles into the arms button. Is mm-hmm. that how it happens? Yeah. 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 Some, some series of, of, of uh, physical comedy for sure. Yeah. And then <laughs> Doofenshmirtz is like, thank you, Perry the Platypus, for saving my life. I will be working on a different Schmerz impression. It won't be the best, <laughs> perfect, but it'll be something. Um, but and then Perry the Platypus just like yeets off into the helicopter and is like, curse you, Perry the Platypus, because then the giant tinfoil ball hits him. Uh-huh. And also destroys the Diefenschmerz Evil Incorporated building. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember that happening. Like they, they must be doing serious construction on this building for it just to like be fixed. Also, he has a penthouse. Like, is this whole building his, or is this just like the top floor? Yeah, there are definitely a lot of questions of where where maybe, he gets his money. Well, maybe he leases the bottom floors out or yeah. sublet mm. them. Plus, isn't it implied in some of the later episodes that his ex-wife is kind of loaded, and so he gets like spousal support from mm. her to help fund his project? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just love Dupinshmer so much. I'm excited to get more into him as we move forward and even make him a Tinder profile for him. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the, the helicopter, it takes the magnet and, and the, the magnet magnificator. I don't remember the name. I should have written it down. Um, but, uh, and, and it, it, it latches on to the roller coaster itself. And this is where things really go go off the rails so to speak uh with with the roller coaster and i think this this is the part where we're like um like you mentioned earlier phineas seeming more unlikable like yeah. this this scene is is where i felt that it was um, the initial mm-hmm. under the tree stuff when he was kind of complaining a little bit and then this scene but then he wins me back by the end mm-hmm. yeah so, so the, heli- the helicopter picks up the roller coaster. The roller coaster goes off the rails. Uh, and, and Phineas just says something like, oh, I don't remember this part in the blueprints. Yeah. And then uh, they, go, they go to different locations. They go to, what's the, the slushy burger? Uh-huh. They go there. And then they go to, in Paris, there's a croissant stand. And he says, anybody want a croissant? Like Carl Weezer in that meme. <laughs> Are you going to finish that croissant? <laughs> not as, not as good as, as the Carl Weezer croissant voice, but still, yeah. I don't know that, that I've heard the word croissant not sound funny. Yeah. Navi, how do you say croissant? I just say croissant, though I'm sure the, the French Canadians would probably say croissant or something in a French Canadian accent. I'm sure yeah. they're very uh, offended by our uh, terrible attempts to pronounce this properly. Yeah, yeah, but if if they want to teach us how to say it, just write us an email, shoot us a Twitter message, we'll read it and take your feedback. Um, and then then they go to the moon or they go to space. Yeah, they 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 go in like like Teddy Roosevelt's glasses at one point on yeah. Mount Rushmore, which is I guess foreshadowing and to the next episode. I have lots of thoughts on the whole location of everything, but oh just... oh yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, then then they go into space. And then and, and... the little satellite goes by and Phineas is like, you know, Candace is in charge conditionally if this crashes into Earth. <laughs> yeah. A really, yeah. really good callback there. Yeah, I know we're supposed to suspend our disbelief, but those children should be dead by that yeah. point. <laughs> oh, like that's another unlikable line, though. Phineas saying they all signed waivers for this. I was like, uh, the the one the one that I thought was most unlikable was when they're crashing back to Earth and Phineas is like, you know, we should have charged more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's pretty like ambivalent about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it's like for for as smart as these boys are supposed to be, uh, it doesn't seem like safety is a very high priority. No, it I don't think it happens really... to work out. Those two and Perry definitely weren't wearing seatbelts, but everyone else was. Um, and then Perry lands there at one point, and then they turn around. And he's like, oh, there you are, Perry. Nice hat, Isabella, because Perry put the hat on Isabella. Uh-huh. Um, then they crash land into the tree. Yeah, yeah. You, you get another, another moment somewhere in there where um, Candace is trying to point the roller coaster out to their mom. But then the magnet picks it up away before before she can see it. That's also on the on the Candace gaslight watch. And then the last one where she's like, um, mom, well, if mom, they're mom. on that roller coaster, then <laughs> then we're gonna beat them home. Uh, so let's let's get home before they do, and we'll see that they're not home. Uh, but then they somehow get get home before before they do anyway. And all the kids are just somehow in the tree, but those two were on the floor. Yeah, perfect timing. Poor Candace. Yeah. Any any thoughts on the roller coaster episode? Anyone? Or do we want to go to Candace with your head? That's it. That's that's all I have. I think I think we hit all the beats. I yeah. I also I also see oh oh we get we get Ferb's we get Ferb's one line in there where yeah. uh, mm-hmm. um uh Isabella says something like uh you should you should teach Perry to do tricks. And and Phineas says, "Oh, he's he's a platypus. They don't do much." And then and then Ferb's one line of the episode is, "You know, they're the only mammals to lay eggs." Yeah. Yeah, and then Phineas is like, "Maybe he'll lay an egg. Who knows?" <laughs> yeah. I think that isn't there an episode later where he does lay an egg. I believe so. It's been a hot minute since yeah. I've. We'll see. That. We'll see when we get there. Yeah. yeah. Like Navi, I haven't rewatched the show in a while, so mm-hmm. we'll see when we get there. Um, I will say uh, another moment that was kind of sweet was when Phineas was like, oh, you know, it's great having a brother like Ferb to do this with. It was just a really Mm -hmm. nice moment in an otherwise uh, very, uh, I guess, polarizing uh, Phineas episode, safe to say. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think he he definitely will grow in the character that into the character that we that we know to love. And like um, I said at the top, like his voice acting was even a little different. You can notice it. Um, so I think I think they don't. They're still learning. And like pilots are, where you learn and then you evolve as you continue. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so the next episode is Candace loses her head, and the quick summary is Phineas. I hate that autocorrect always changes Phineas's name to phones. Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> They phones make a, and Ferb. Yes, Phones and Ferb make a Candace head in Mount Rushmore for her birthday. And Candace, in a turn of events, wants to show her mom because she's happy, not because she wants to bust them. Meanwhile, Doofenshmirtz tries to dig a hole to China, but is thwarted by Perry and explodes the Candace head. That's yeah, the short so, version. Yeah, this, this 
episode definitely, I guess both of them definitely bring up um, the question of, you know, where is, where do they live? Where is the tri-state area? Where is Danville? Because yes. here they're, they're, you know, somehow driving distance away from Mount Rushmore. Um, I, I think I looked it up where, where the creators are like, I don't know. It's just wherever it needs to be for a particular episode. And that's fair. My, like, cause in my head, it was always like the tri-state area, like Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York. And then it was like yeah. somewhere in like Jersey or something. It was where it was, but no, they're like close enough to Mount Rushmore, which maybe there's a different one in the Phineas and Ferb universe. It's like a closer one. But, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Or yeah, I like the idea of of the tri-state area being sort of this like quantum city that is just like, yeah. It it exists wherever it needs to. That it it, it can move with time. Exactly. I like yeah. whatever universe that that suggests. The only other theory I had was that it's like a different tri-state area between like South Dakota, North Dakota, and like Nebraska or something. But <laughs> I do know in the Marvel one, because I watched that since it was on Disney Plus, that they're close enough to New York City because uh like there's all these like Marvel stuff in New York. So then they go there for a little bit. But yeah, so it's just mm-hmm. wherever it needs to be for the purposes of the plot. Convenient writing. Uh, so we so we start off this episode, and it's it's Candace's birthday, which I feel like this show does a lot of like, it's always someone's birthday every few episodes. Yeah, no, because when the episode first started, and I realized it was Candace's birthday, I thought it was the other one where they sing Little Brothers to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that one, but um, this one also has our first. I completely forgot. we didn't talk about the theme song in the first yeah, episode. Yeah, the, the, the theme song is, is definitely on, on my list of songs okay. we need to rank. Okay, but this one has our first in-episode song with the Candace Dream song, which I gave a mm-hmm. very low score. I did not. <laughs> I was like, this is not the potential that they have, but Candace wakes up from her dream and they're like, we need to do something for Candace. And then they end up at Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I will say one of the lyrics says she wears designer shirts or sweaters. And I'm like, since when? <laughs> she wears the same red shirt. <laughs> it's not hey. even a sweater. It's like a t- sleeveless top. That could be yeah. good. You don't know. Uh, well, I guess. I mean, I'm not Someone designed well- it. A designer yeah. designed it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not one who's like very uh, fashion forward, so uh, maybe he's got it right. But I found that to be very questionable. Yeah. My other my other question about the song, and I'll I'll get get into later some of the specifics about the song when we talk about actually ranking the songs. Um, but there's there's one line in there that that calls some some canon into question for me. Um, so uh, one, how much of this song is actually true? because it takes place in her dream. Um, because it, there's a line in there about uh, how she, she has an allergy to dairy. Um, and, and you know, later, later in the series, we'll, we'll find a different song that shows that she has a, a, a much more famous allergy parsnips. in the show to, to parsnips. Mm-hmm. Um, but is she also allergic to dairy and parsnips? It'd be a we'll sad keep- existence. We'll keep a lookout on that. Maybe she drinks milk in one episode or eats ice cream. I feel like oh, she eats I ice cream at one point. That. Yeah. I definitely see like like her and Jeremy sharing a milkshake or something. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, a vegan milkshake. 
Who mm. knows? Mr. Slushy Burger was ahead of the times. With the- <laughs> yeah, I exactly. mean, there was a whole Teen Titans episode that the, the burgers yeah. were made out of tofu, right? Tofu. Yes. And Beast Boy was unhinged. And it was like this whole vegetarian scheme by like the bad guy. And in hindsight, like I feel like more people would have sided with the with the bad guy in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, the bad guys were ahead of their time there. So Yeah. They were vindicated. Very much so. Uh so this this episode I have significantly fewer notes on than than the last one. Um, but they, they decide, you know, we want to do something great for, for Candace's birthday because, you know, last year we didn't do too great. And it's got this, this funny sight gag of them. They, they made her a cake, but then like a gorilla pops out of the cake. Yeah. Uh, so, so they, they decide they're going to go to Mount Rushmore and, and they're driving to Mount Rushmore and Candace, they're in the car and Candace is excited. She's like, Oh, where are we going? Is it the mall? And it's like, no, we're we're going to Mount Rushmore. It was Phineas and Ferb's idea. Uh, and she doesn't look happy. Yeah. Um, you just said something that gave me another thought that I really like what Phineas and Ferb does with like the cutscenes. They do like these quick cutscenes and they did in the last episode with the mini roller coaster and then this one with the gorilla in the cake. And that's uh-huh. something that I always appreciated about the show. They do that really well. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, she does not look enthused. And honestly, I wouldn't be enthused either to look at yeah, four I mean, old white well, men in a wall. Yeah, <laughs> what what sixteen year old or I guess fifteen year old or like even even me, I don't want to go see Mount Rushmore. I don't I don't care to see this. Yeah. Yeah. Where is Mount Rushmore? North Dakota, South Dakota? South, South Dakota. Dakota. Okay, I've been to North Dakota and I remember like the one memory I have of North Dakota was that there was this awesome Mexican restaurant that gave you that had like deep fried ice cream as a dessert. That was great. Mm. Um, But uh, other than that, uh, I guess I could have gone to Mount Rushmore if I wanted to, but my family was like, hell no, we're going to go eat at this restaurant. Mexican food in North Dakota. I wouldn't that's not that's not where I would expect Mexican restaurants to be I mean like obviously they're everywhere but I was like uh-huh. I wonder what the North Dakota like staple is is it probably like midwestern food yeah I, I I'd say it's probably pretty pretty solidly midwestern it, well I guess North Dakota is is almost Canada yeah but what's like Canadian <laughs> food poutine Navi, teach yeah, us here. Poutine, Nanaimo bars, uh, Bannock, oh. Beaver Tails. Uh, maple I, syrup. I, maple syrup, of course. How could I forget maple syrup? Uh, <laughs> apparently, everyone thinks we drink milk from a bag, even though I'm pretty sure that's what? just an Ontario thing. <laughs> uh. No, because apparently uh, in Ontario, uh, you can buy milk in a bag. But I've never, and everyone who's not Canadian assumes this. And I'm like, no, we get them in cartons and jugs where I'm from. I'm from Manitoba. And even when I was in Alberta for like a hot minute, and by a hot minute, I mean like five months, uh, there was no uh, bags of milk to be sold. So I don't know who got that idea, but there are, I've never witnessed milk. In in my head, I just feel like it's like this brown paper bag full of milk. Is that what it's supposed to be, or is it like? I think I think it's similar to how you know how like box wine is actually like 
wine yeah. in a bag in a box. Am I, I thinking think of, like those blood compartments that like the like little blood pouches or like those <laughs> those backpacks? Like an That's, IV? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. So a uh, fun fact: people in Ontario they get IV fed their milk. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think you knew that, so you're welcome. Uh, you learn so much on this like podcast. Cutting edge technology. We learn from Phineas and Ferb and we learn from the podcast. Like, just big knowledge happening over here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as lo- all we know is that Candace can't drink this milk, apparently. Right. So we, we get our first, um, well, it's, it's technically our second sighting of Jeremy, but it's the first time he actually has a name to him whenever we see him. He's on the, the Mr. Slushy Burger... Uh, worker exchange program, I think, is what they call it. <laughs> yeah, which I, exactly I guess is like how they justify that he's working at the at the Mount Rushmore. Um, but we see Jeremy for the first time, and 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 we we now know why Candace is in love with him. I mean, like, I feel like besides his looks, is there anything? He doesn't have a dazzling personality yet. I feel like he gets one later on, but right, yeah. he he definitely starts off pretty pretty boring. Yeah, yeah, just but... seems like a nice kid. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Have either of you ever worked at like a food stand? No, I was very lucky uh, in that I have uh, experience in a slightly better environment in retail. But uh, luckily, I never had to work in fast food ever. But what about you two? I've never worked in fast food. I have worked at a restaurant though. Um, and baseball season was very stressful because we were right next mm-hmm. to Fenway Park. Mm. But I've never worked at like one of these like corn dog stands or fast food, like or even a Dairy Queen. Um, but I know someone who has. Shout out to Perks of Being HC on Twitter. Um, Will, how about you? I, I have not worked in, in fast food. I worked... Um, the summer after my freshman year of college, I worked at a snow cone stand. Um, and it was, so you had to make the snow cones or were they pre-made? I I, I made the snow cones. I, I, it was, it was a nice job, uh, because whenever the the owners were very nice in that, that, um, they, they, well, so two things, it was, it was owned by, by this family, um, basically the only people they hired or at least for this summer the only people they hired outside of their family were me and my brother um so so how it would work was was i would usually have three days a week where i ran the stand and he would have three days a week where he ran the stand um and and you know we could the nice thing was the owners let us have all the snow cones we wanted uh while we were working or while we weren't working, um, because Ooh. the 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 profit margins on those things are so huge that that like giving away a few free ones like doesn't even make a dent in in the profits mm-hmm. that they they just let us have as much snow as we want, and it was it was probably bad for my health, but I <laughs> loved it. I loved yeah, it. did you have a go to flavor, um, or did you like yeah, mix so, them all together? Um, uh, my favorite two things to mix together or it, it was three things it was it was pineapple mango and kiwi those those three Ooh. i think the main story here is that will and his brother were able to overcome nepotism and for that i can <laughs> yeah. we love to see it and uh i expect some 
when after we go to Disney World and do our Epcot tour, um, we need to stop by the snow cone stand if it's still functioning and get some snow cones. Definitely, definitely. On a world tour. I love that we're you just building this out. Them, you can compare them to your snow cones and then you can be all judgy about it if it's not up to par. In yeah, your I, 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 um, <laughs> my, my brother and I, in the same way where like Subway technically calls their workers sandwich artists, uh, we called ourselves <laughs> snow cone artists while we worked there. I mean, we, as we, you we, must, <laughs> you, you were making crafts. These yeah. were artistic masterpieces. We took it very seriously. Yeah. The way you drizzle on the flavoring is important. It's it adds it's, to the experience. There's a science to it, but it's also an art. Yeah. <laughs> See, I have so much respect for people like at ice cream shops that with the froyo machines mm-hmm. that like can do the perfect swirl. And my high school had a froyo machine, so I like practiced on it. And then I went back there one time for like my brother had a game or something, so I went back and I had just lost the art. It was so upsetting. Mm. Um, Alas. I hope Jeremy knows how to do some good Froyo work, though. Yeah. Uh, so we we get our second, uh, uh, I know what we're going to do today. And I, I know what we're going to do today is carve Candace's face into the side of Mount Rushmore next to, next to the four presidents who are already there. And At I least we say- had some diversity in the gender front yeah it's like still it's still five white people but at least there is a woman on on the mountain now i mean baby steps right for about for about 45 seconds at least yeah um i'll not to spoil my rankings too much but uh this is this is pretty low on my on my i know what we're gonna do today ranking uh i agree with that not super into the mount rushmore stuff no, I agree 100%. Uh, the roller coaster one was way more impressive. Even for Navi, who doesn't ride roller coasters. No, I, I, I hate roller coasters, and I prefer that one. So that should tell you something. Yeah, um, but... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, is this where we get introduced to Perry the Platypus and his transporting garbage can in yeah. the chutes? Yeah, so he, he, he goes in the chute so he can, he can be sent home, and, and you see him, like... Like the the shoots the intersection. intersect and, yeah. and he sees one of the other agents the panda. Uh, along the way there. I think it's Peter the panda. Yeah, um, but this this is one of my one of my favorite bits of the episode was that he, you know, he he goes from Mount Rushmore all the way home uh, to get the his briefing from Major Monogram and Major Monogram says, uh, you know, we we found Doctor Doofenshmirtz's new lair. It's inside Lincoln's head at Mount Rushmore. Uh, we know you were just there, and we didn't mean to make you come all the way back here, but that was kind of poor planning on our part. You have to go all the way from Mount Rushmore back to their house just to go back to Mount Rushmore. Yeah, so, but we didn't see him go back through there. the tunnels. We just saw him hop into the thing, because then we went back yeah. to Candace, um, and she saw Phineas and Ferb at that point uh, through the telescope thing. Because mm. yeah, the other... this... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, because the tourists were like saying, "What are those kids doing on there?" Right? Yeah, yeah. This is this is another another uh, round of Candace Gaslight Watch here. It's, <laughs> it's it's one of those one of those watchers where you like pay a quarter to see through the binoculars, um, and and Candace looks through it and she can see Phineas and Ferb there, and she's like, "Mom, check this out." 
and she checks it out and the time has expired so she can't see them and then she she you know fumbling around trying to pay a quarter she pays the quarter and she can see it again and then her mom looks in there and all of a sudden this this water geyser old reliable shoots up in the way uh so, so she can't see it again and then as soon as she leaves it's there and then uh the thing tilts up and we see perry go in to the thing there was a gag earlier that we missed that candace walks by and perry pops out of the trash can and mm. is like don't don't catch me don't turn around yeah yeah usually he's like very cool about not being caught but this this time he looks like sort of panicked about he doesn't want candace to see him in his hat yeah um is this no because then we go to perry and he drills the hole right yeah he 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 drills in into the the um into lincoln's head and he and he sees dr doofenshmirtz and this is this is definitely my favorite so far and maybe one of my favorite of all of them of the and by i means and that's where he says your your timing is impeccable and by impeccable i mean completely peccable i i feel like as a kid i had no idea what he meant but Mm -hmm. i i loved it (laughs) i i loved the like switcheroo and that he just made it very his own but also completely nonsensical Mm -hmm. i love that i i think the the best use of these these bits is whenever the second thing he says isn't actually a word Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) those those are definitely my favorite and and um completely peccable is one and and the other one off the top of my head is is completely canny he says something is uncanny uncanny. by uncanny i mean completely canny uh, but we'll we'll get to that when it comes up, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so his plan—it's a drill innator. So we get the innator in here, our first actual innator, because that magnet thing was not an innator. Mm. Um, and then his goal is to drill to China to become rich. Yeah, this one doesn't make sense to me either. He he's he said he wants to drill to China to so he can build a toll road. And he's gonna get rich off of the toll road, and that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Maybe maybe there was like a backstory that got cut out or something. Yeah, that, that would make sense why he wanted to build a toll road. But, this episode but, was nine minutes, and the first one was like thirteen, so that might be mm, possible. Yeah, but but why a toll road and why China to do it are are two big questions that don't seem to be answered. Yeah, have either of you been to China? I personally have not. No, I haven't. I've been next door to India, but uh, China, I have not been to. I thought you said extorted in India. And I was like, what does that mean? I was like, well, I mean, (laughs) is this survivor? Are you being extorted? Oh, yes. For all my uh, fire tokens. Uh, Someone on the edge of extinction is uh, trying to get me out of the game. Is that what the fire squad gets? Fire tokens? (laughs) You'll have to to set up a a fire token toll road. Natalie Anderson would still make the most out of it. Uh, so th- this is another plan where um, Perry doesn't really stop Doofenshmirtz's plan so much as he saves him from his own incompetence. But yeah. he starts to drill down. He he thinks he can drill all the way to the all the way to China, and he gets to like the the molten magma in the Earth's core, and he's like, 
you know, I didn't think about all this molten magma down here. Yeah, that yeah. was weird. Cause like he presents himself as a man of science and like you learn about this ele- in elementary school. It's like one of the first things you learn about the planet. Yeah. How do you not take this into account? I want to see where he got his PhD from. Cause he's clearly a doctor. He is Dr. Uh, Dr. Heinz. Super- maybe it's, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We, we got to look into this. Um, but yeah, before we continue with that story, though, because we have to finish the other story for when the magma hits the top, uh, Linda is in the shop, and uh-huh. she is touching a big stick, and the guy's like, once you touch the big stick, you gotta buy the big stick. <laughs> um, so Yeah, and his, just- like, voice is cracking, too, like he's clearly going through, like, the puberty pains right now. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Um, and we also get the the line from the last episode. Aren't you a little young to be uh, doing something? Something? And then he's like, "Never like restoring a national monument." Or something yeah, like love to see that the younger crowd is getting into our national history or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Candace drags Linda out, and that's after she was looking at the bobblehead, which we'll come back. But she drags Linda out, and then. Uh, the fire squad sets up this billboard to cover what Phineas and Ferb are doing, and Linda's like, "Huh, maybe it is better in the photos." And that's yeah, it's when just I got like the- a like a poorly drawn. Well, I say poorly drawn picture. Actually, a pretty decently drawn picture of of what's going on. Yeah, that's when I thought, Candace, you should just take a photograph when you see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Linda leaves to go purchase the big stick, and. Then Phineas and Ferb finish their details. And at first it's a really like disjointed thing, but then they like clean it up and um it's cute. It's it's like that bit that that a lot of animated shows like to do where where they do like a sculpture and it's it, it looks kind of bad or it's not completely done, and then they hit it one more time and everything crumbles away and it looks fantastic. Yeah. And SpongeBob like definitely perfect. did that. Yeah, that's remember? exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um Navi, how would you feel if your little brother sculpted your face on the side of a Canadian monument? Well, first off, I don't think he'd ever do that. He's like, as if I'd put that much effort in for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, <no>. Relatable. But, <laughs> uh, but I would be somewhat moved. Um, I'm pretty sure he'd probably purposefully look uh, very unattractive, but he'd be like, but I did it for you. And of course my mother would be cooing, like, look at what your brother did. And I'd be like, can you not please? I would be very um, moved, but at the same time, I would not want my face so in your face, if that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the thought is better than the execution. Yeah, the thing is is with my brother, he would not do it for the thought. He would do it to embarrass me because he knows I am not Mm. about that. Yeah, I I don't need all the attention. Just just give me a gift card. Yeah, a gift card would be nice. (laughs) I know, by the way, uh, uh, during the holidays, my mom was like, ooh, what gift card should I get you for like Christmas or whatever? And then I tell her and she's like, I'm going to get you something completely different. I'm like, thanks, Mm. mom. (laughs) You should have just asked her for some more wine for among us yeah well yeah get me a manitoba liquor and lotteries gift card thank you (laughs) yes (laughs) i mean that's that's a reasonable ask in my opinion yeah Um, it is yeah no i don't think it would my my, like if it was a star in the hollywood walk of fame okay but like your face 
up there carved like i don't want my face being up there if it was just my name that's better but yeah for sure um yeah so Uh, so so here's where where you know uh perry and doofenshmirtz are are drilling away from the lava and trying not to get get caught by the i guess it's magma if it's inside the earth um but uh they're they're trying not to get not to die to this very hot rock um and this is this is where where the two storylines wrap up is is that um we have a, a the lava starts to like come out of candace's face in the rocks and and it's it sort of like looks kind of like acne at first yeah oh yeah and Even Candace is like, ew, gross. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just kind of blows the whole thing up. And then But only Candace, not the other guys. Only, yeah, on, only Candace's <laughs> part. And then the, the water from the geyser shoots out and, and it cools all the lava. So so nobody can see that there was even lava there to begin with. Uh and that's it. Everything's everything's yeah. wrapped up. But in the nice change of pace for the show, Candace is actually trying to get Linda to see the the sculpture because it's a nice thing and she wants she's happy about it and yeah. she makes linda walk the stairs again and she's like i already dropped the size or something like yeah <laughs> yeah i already <laughs> dropped half the dress size <laughs> why are you making me walk this much which yeah, was very yeah. relatable i would have been very annoyed uh linda's been great i forgot how good linda's lines yeah. are. yeah we haven't had this any so oh Yes, we did have Lawrence. Oh, yeah, he went to go yeah, park the car, and then he's like, "Honey, I found a great parking spot." That is a terrible accent impression, but <laughs> yeah. he. And then I like the little visual gag. He like then it zooms out and points to the little arrow that he's at the uh, back you, of the park, so far away. Yeah, and then the episode ends with a little cut scene. We get one end. last one. Move over, Marvel. This is where the real <laughs> mid-credit scene is. <laughs> uh, so so. Jeremy comes up to Candace and he's like, uh, you know, I, I, I saw you were you were looking at the, the bobblehead in the gift shop. I thought you might like it. And he bought her the bobblehead and gave it to her for her birthday. Which is so sweet um, of him. Yeah, it was Candace. sweet. But the thing is, she didn't want it. It was something her mom shoved in her face was like, hey, want this? And she's like, uh, no. And I guess he saw it and it was like, oh, she looks like she was very into that bobblehead. I should yeah. get that for her for her birthday. But of course she loves it because it's from her crush. So, you know, right. it'll yeah, work out. She still says it's it's the best birthday ever. And I think even if it's not a gift that she wants, the fact that it's from Jeremy is enough for her. Yeah. Um, so is that the end of the episode? That is well, the end of the episode. Well, after she walks away after holding her gift, Perry like parachutes down to like oh, yes. his exit. And then one, the episode cuts. One last little, one last yeah. little look at Perry. And I just want to check our Twitter feed. We have no questions on this episode. Okay. <laughs> any any last thoughts about the episode before before we get into the rankings? Um, not. I just enjoyed this, and I like that they had the little like reasons for Karen, Candace wanting to show her mom like the subversion of expectations. I like that. Um, in that episode, not great songs, but we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Moving in, moving into the categories now. Uh, so, so we have a category for for best uh, Doofenshmirtz backstories. We didn't get any backstories in this episode. Yeah, uh, they're something we want to keep track of of later on for sure. I'm excited um, for Norm also in terms of the Doofenshmirtz characters. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I also have written down the the and by I mean category, where just just keeping track we have. 
And by unexpected, I mean completely expected. And by com uh, unpeckable, I mean completely peckable. Um, two lines, which are, are definitely one of my favorite parts of, of Hugh Finchburst's character. Uh, so we have two songs to put into our, into our song rankings. Uh, the first song, uh, I guess it's the theme song. We're gonna, we can count that as, yeah. as a song from the show. Um, what do we, how do we feel about the theme song? The theme song's a bop. Um, it's probably not going to stay at my favorite song forever because there's one that I know I have higher already and there's so many great ones. Um, but it's so catchy, so recognizable. Like everyone knows it, even if they're not like super Phineas and Ferb well-versed. Um, so uh, right now it's number one for me. Yeah, I'd say it's number one for me too. I didn't hate the song in the sep second episode as much as Felipe did, um, but uh, some of the lyrics just made no yeah. sense. And I get it was a dream sequence, but still, mm. I was very, uh, very unimpressed with that. So uh, the opening theme, which is called Today's Gonna Be a Great Day by Bowling for, Bowling for Soup, Soup. Yeah. Is, is for now my number one. I think I like 1985 by them, but that's yeah. the song, right? Yeah, the, the real life band Bowling for Soup does the same song. And they also do the voice, like the singing voices of Love Handle, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, also this was written by the creators, right? The song? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think most of, most of the songs were written by the creators. Okay, yeah. And not that I hate the second song. I don't want to get that go that hard against it it was just like mm -hmm. compared to what i expect from Phineas and ferb it was oh, a little right, lacking right right yeah. i i think the, the the theme song definitely does a good job of like showing you all the different vignettes of like things they could be doing in the summer um uh, it, it it sets the tone really well for the show that like hey these these kids are smart and they can do a lot of very cool things and that's what this show's about and then, yeah. uh, of, of course, the, the iconic line at the end of, of Candace yelling, like, Mom, Phineas and Ferb are making a title sequence. Uh, that is that is a, a great line. Uh, and yeah, I also have the theme song above the, the She's Candace dream song. Uh, I, I feel like the, the dream song had a couple of things where, like, the, the songwriters just, like, wanted to show what words they could make rhyme with Candace. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 I did appreciate that bit where like she's like the Venus de Milo except she's not armless and handless and is what yeah, I think was... at one point they compared her to a praying mantis yeah yeah but like I feel like the goofiness translates into the songs of the show which is something I'm excited to definitely, get to more definitely. Um, um, sorry go ahead oh I was just gonna say what's next <laughs> Uh, after song rankings, I've got innate rankings, ranking the best Doofenshmirtz evil schemes. I mean, uh, Drillinator is number one. I mean, Magnetism, Magnetator, whatever it was called, uh, didn't even have innator in it. So immediately it's on the bottom of the rankings for me personally. I don't I, know how you fellas feel, but. I agree with Navi 100%. Like just by virtue of it not being a true innator, it can't be number one. Mm -hmm. um, I I have it flipped for now, just because I I don't the the drilling to China plan. So so I'm I'm I guess I'm I'm ranking, thinking of it a little bit more on like the plan as a whole yeah. versus just the machine. Um, 
and both of them are very dumb plans but but the the magnetic foil ball i think i remember is a little bit more iconic but I, eventually both of these are going to end up pretty low on my rankings i think but Agreed. but i have i have the the magnetism magnifier just slightly higher yeah well i mean the the whole wrapping the tin foil on the eastern seaboard is a pretty dumb idea and like buying the entire city's tin uh, aluminum foil or aluminium yeah. if that's how you pronounce it it was a pretty out there idea. Just I had to take a lot of time for him to cover all those buildings. Yeah, did he people. do that all by himself, just hand wrapping it all, or did he have another innator yeah. to help him with that? That's probably Norm. That well, that that see that would have been a, a fun innator to watch if 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 the innator was the thing that did all the tinfoil wrapping. That that would be like top of the rankings. That's that's a funny a funny machine. Yeah, no, I agree. That would have been more interesting to watch. But then, how do we, how do we get the roller coaster out of there? Yeah, that's that's true. It's that's that's really the the main purpose all of yeah. these machines serve is that they're eventually gonna be the thing that that cleans up Phineas and Ferb's plan. Yeah, I wonder what the writing process was like if they came up with the how we clean the if they come up with the Phineas and Ferb plot line first, and then it's like how do we clean up their mess and then how does that tie into do finish merge i would be interested to like ask one of the writers that if i had that opportunity definitely definitely uh so after the innator rankings we have the the i know what we're gonna do today rankings where we're 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 comparing uh just the things that phineas and ferb do uh what are what are the sort of the the coolest things or some of the some of the lamer things that they do well, uh, I think I've made my uh, opinion well known already. Uh, the roller coaster uh, is the one that's on top for me personally. But Felipe, carry on, my friend. Oh, I was gonna say the same thing. The roller coaster seems more exciting to be a participant in creating and to be um, like involved with in participating in after it was created, like. What are you gonna do? Just look at the face? Oh, I wouldn't be interested in participating in it after. Oh, but maybe I, yes. in the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, though, I feel like I would be better at something artistic than something engineering based with the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would definitely mess something up, but I think the roller coaster was more fun as a concept. Definitely. Yeah. I I also have roller coaster as as my number one and and mount rushmore as my number two and and maybe for a while they're they're those two things are both going to be near the top and bottom respectively as as we start adding more things to the list yeah um in terms of episode rankings is that what you have next yeah the last thing i have is is episode rankings so we're ranking the whole the whole episode as a whole how does it all tie together which which would we rather watch again so are we splitting it into two, like the roller coaster, and then the yeah, other one? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking each, each okay. half episode. I might go with a hot take. I think I, and I can be swayed. I definitely can be swayed. But I think I'd rather watch the Candace loses her head one, maybe because I had higher expectations for the roller coaster one. And uh -huh. I, I always remembered Phineas being kind of a grumpy cat, even as a kid in that episode. He's not the Phineas that I knew. Um, but then I felt like this one had kind of more of the Phineas and Ferb elements that I liked, like easily the innator is a big thing to look at but i feel like isabella was more involved 
uh, with her fire squad. Um, I feel like we got Jeremy in there. I feel like this one is more encapsulating of a regular Phineas and Ferb experience. And the other one is still trying to find its footing. And that's not to like take away from it because it's a great episode as well. But I think if I had to pick, I'd put the second one higher than the first. That is surprising to me. Yeah, that is too. I personally would rank Roller Coaster higher than Candace Loses Her Head because while it, uh, Candace Loses Her Head does introduce the Drillinator and all that, and I do think that plan was much more uh, plausible than the tinfoil thing. I just couldn't bring myself to care about the Phineas and Ferb story. The Candace storyline and the Doofenshmirtz, uh, Perry the Platypus storyline were fine, but I just couldn't care about I couldn't care less about the making the monument for Candace. I just found the roller coaster segment uh, be more compelling and more interesting for me personally. Yeah, I will say for me, I think the Phineas and Ferb storyline is often like three out of three. And it's usually the Perry, the Platypus and Doofenshmirtz or Candace being like one and two, they switch. So like as much as I love Phineas and Ferb as a duo and love seeing what they do, if it's just them or even them and Isabella, it's a lot less compelling than like Candace and like, cause I feel like Candace is more cartoony and zany and there's a mm -hmm. lot more stuff to do. And they're just kind of like the straight men in this world. Yeah. So. And uh, some of the aforementioned characters that we spoke about earlier, um, like King Buford. Baldi and Buford, like they'll kind of come along and bring their own sort of uh, personalities and how they Phineas and Ferb play off them. I think that could help with their Agreed, sort yeah. of storylines. But for now, it uh, they it doesn't do it for me as much as the Candace uh, storyline or the Doofenshmirtz Perry the Platypus storyline. No, that's totally fair. Yeah, I think I think in my personal rankings, I'm also going to put Roller Coaster a little bit ahead of Candace Loser. If if only for for the line about yelling at cheese. Yeah, uh, oh, that was a good line. I, I, I think that was the the funniest line in the whole half hour. Uh, is is the line about yelling at cheese um so i'm i'm gonna put that one that one at the top for now yeah part of me also just wanted to like say i felt like you were gonna go with the roller coaster so i'm like let me just throw something out there like be a little different and have yeah, some I mean, share some love for the other one yeah. i can be convinced like i said but what what is what is the show if we're all agreeing on everything Agre <laughs> i was about to say agreed and then i changed my <laughs> yeah um Anything else that we have to settle today with this episode? Let me go look what the next episode is. Uh, the next one, uh, next week is the Fast and the Phineas slash Lawn Gnome Beach Party. Is the Fast and the Phineas the one with the cows? Uh, this is the one with the race cars. Uh, okay. They, they turn their mm -hmm. mom's car into like a giant remote control oh, race yes. car. Oh, yes. And Candace has to practice driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, and we can talk about parallel parking because I remember that's like stressed me out before I took the test and then well, I'll tell you about my drivers we'll get into all the great driving test stories next week yes um does anyone have anything else to say like any plugs before or anything else on this episode or do we want to do plugs I, I think we're we're ready to shift into the end here okay uh will do you have anything exciting that you want to plug um, well, I, I guess just, just before, before I plug myself, if you want to leave the show, any feedback? Yes. Um, uh, now, that, now that you have a week in advance of what we're going to record, um, um, please leave, leave some feedback for us. Uh, so we can, we can answer questions. If yes. you have 
thoughts about the Fast and the Phineas or Law Known Beach Party or just the show in general. Or even these episodes, uh, we, if you have commentary uh, on stuff that we didn't hit. Oh, definitely. Um, so we have a Twitter at Whatcha Doing Pod, and that's Whatcha W H A T C H A Doing D O I N. If you're a Phineas and Ferb fan, you would probably get how it's spelled. But I remember I even messed it up trying to set up the Twitter handle and the email. <laughs> so, um, so Whatcha Doing Pod on Twitter, and then Whatcha Doing Pod at gmail.com is our handles. Yeah. Um, send, or you can just in- hit us up wherever you. See yeah, if interwebs. you want to find us, send it to us too. Then that that works as well. Yes. Um. So yeah, if if, if we want to do individual plugs, uh, I'm I'm on all major social media at Davis comma Will. Uh, you can find me find me on there. Yes. Uh, Navi, what about you? Uh, I guess the best place to find me is on Twitter. I'm at cause I'm Navi. Let me see if I can spell this correctly. <laughs> C-A-U-S-E-I-M-N-A-V-I, I think is how you spell it. Oh, well, just search up Navi. I'm sure you'll find me. I'm like standing beside some sports trophy, even though I could not care about sports, but <laughs> that is my, uh, my Twitter handle. Yes. And you can find me on Twitter at Fleep Tweets. My old Twitter handle is so much better and curse you whoever took it from me. Um, but that's F-L-E-E-P tweets. Um, you can also listen to my other podcast, the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. Tonight, we're going to be recapping Scooby-Doo in Arabian Nights. It's a very racist movie. We're going to cover... Oh, no. We're going to cover all that and roast it. It's also a movie that's very all over the place. So join us for that discussion with Kate on our continuing series, Scooby Snacks and Chats. Um and yeah, just follow the What You're Doing podcast everywhere. Um, and I also, if you listen to Renap, uh, I'm in the last five minutes where I plugged this Yay! podcast. There you go. Okay. Um, A real, real recursive plug there. You plug, you plug this there and the, and and that here. Yes. People but... just if, if if people just always take your recommendations, they'll just be listening to these two podcasts over and over. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, with that being said. Uh, any final thoughts on anything? Life? I think I'm good. See y'all next week. Yes. See you. Should we leave people with a hashtag? Uh, scream at Ooh. cheese. Oh, yeah. Hashtag, hashtag yell at cheese. Yell at cheese. Uh, and yeah, just tag us. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, until next time. Goodbye. Bye. There's a hundred and four days of summer vacation and school comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend it. Like maybe building a rocket or fighting a mummy or climbing up the Eiffel Tower. Discovering something that doesn't exist or giving a monkey a shower. Surfing tidal waves, creating nanobots or locating Frankenstein's brain. It's over here. Finding a dodo bird, painting a continent, or driving our sister insane. As you can see, there's a whole lot of stuff to do before school starts this fall. Come on, Barry. So stick with us, cause Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all. So stick with us, cause Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all.